Hello, everybody, and welcome to the after show, which we call something new. Every week. Something new. Welcome to something new with Ben and Jeff. I'm Jeff. He's Ben back there with a drink and a salad. I have a water and a salad. I'm a healthy boy today. Mm, I had a biscotti of some kind that was in my lunch bag. Are those the hard cookie? Yeah, I think you're supposed to dunk them in those coffee. Yeah, no, I don't know. My, my wife put it in my, It's time yeah. as a society to move past those cookies. There are sometimes uh, when my lunch is made up of things my wife bought that she is definitely not going to eat. Mm. And just a little extra something gets thrown in there. <laughs> just a surprise. Like a little trial pack. Like, hey, what about this? I'm like, ah, that's food. I don't know. I just need to eat at some point. I, don't, I guess that's I don't really care. technically food. It's technically food. Welcome to Technically Food with Ben and Jeff. Uh, we're here, ready to take your calls and questions. This week, open phones, you know, like pretty much. Like we're in the middle of the release season. It's about to get hot uh, with the, uh, you know, the the Mario, the Wolfenstein, the Assassin's Creed, uh, all that sort of stuff. What passes Very for... Very hot games. Yes, uh, the, the, the big holiday releases. Um, but maybe it seems like it's not necessarily a, a big holiday for releases like the, those are the games there is definitely some big games there but hey at the same time games have been coming out all year so maybe it's, it's kind of weird you, you brighten up the room over there i'm just like people are commenting about the fact that i don't have a camera light so there's I'm that just light like, over there but i don't think I don't, that the, i don't think that's normally on it, at all anyway how it, it, yeah how it goes so i'm just gonna like i'll figure it out i'll just stare into this flashlight all right, back to you. I'm going to stare into this. Okay, you stare into that flashlight. We're here. Hi. Uh, yeah, like I was saying, you know, it's it's been a, it has been a big crazy year. We're nearing the end of it. This is kind of like this week is one of the last big pushes for what we you know think of as like the huge games that used to populate every holiday season, and and now it's all spread out and crazy. So, you know, maybe you want to talk about that. You can give us a call. We got uh, information on how to get a hold of us. We want you to send us a friend request on Discord. Then, uh, you know, then send us the text of your question. What do you want to talk about? And then, uh, you know. Yeah, just give me a little synopsis. A little synopsis. So what's up? And then Ben over there is going to click the buttons to make some calls. And and we'll get you on and we can chat about whatever you're into. Mr. Do, H Games. I don't know. Only those two things. Those are That's the, that's the topic for today's show. Uh... But I have some questions over here. You can also, you know, we'll, we'll take some text questions as well from yeah, our ask chat. A que- ask feature. a question. Ask a question. Feature. Uh, feature here. Maybe a Matt Gorleyism. Hmm. That's you should see somebody about that. Uh, Eagle fourteen. I want to get this number right. Fourteen B zero one for B. I don't know. I'm going to get that number wrong. How excited are you for Mario? I'm really hoping this is one of those good ones. Yeah, I, I hope it's good. Yeah, I, I haven't uh, I haven't seen There's it. There's only been like one bad Mario. Uh, core Mario. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean Super Mario Sunshine is the only really yeah. truly terrible one, but this is, you know, kind of being likened as a follow-up to some of those ideas, which is concerning. Um sure. I really like what I have seen of that game. Yeah, Brad uh, Brad had Brad went and played it. He yeah. had a lot of fun with it. I played it at E3 and and had some uh some minor qualms about uh how it might work with motion controls versus no motion controls uh and and that sort of stuff, but uh yeah, I have high hopes for it. I'll, you know, I'll start playing it at some point this week. Hopefully, with any luck, earlier than Friday, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, let's see here. 
Brinty at Ryzen says the Animal Crossing phone game. Uh, Nintendo Direct is in like four hours. What sort of Nintendo-like solutions do you expect or fear was such a cool fit for phone gaming? They surely can't Nintendo it up too badly, can they? Oh, I think they can. Uh, oh will. boy. Uh, I, you think about like uh, you know Nintendo's reluctance to um, to put a lot of microtransactions into a thing with the way Super Mario Run came out. Like, if you think about what Animal Crossing probably should be on phones, wouldn't it include a bunch of additional options over time that you might theoretically buy? I don't know. Maybe they sell the game up front and then just add stuff to it at will down the line uh, just for freezies, which seems like it would be a good version of the Nintendo-like solution. Uh, I could see them really boning up the online. There's a lot of opportunities for, like, asynchronous um, multiplayer stuff to happen with, you know, your friends and their towns and and that sort of stuff that that you know could be could be good or could be fucked up um yeah i don't know that's the one that seems like it's it could be a really great fit for phones so i uh yeah i i i wonder how that'll end up i i don't know that i have like a ton of faith in their ability to just like knock it out of the park either uh i i don't know i don't know um Let's see here. You want to take a call? Yeah, let's take a call. All right. Uh, first up, we have a caller here with a question about Need for Speed. Caller, go ahead. It's, this might be on on, on me because I was like, hey, that's a good question. You're in the queue and then immediately hit the call button. Yeah. Kind of not giving them a lot of time to prepare. But hey, let's come back. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, uh, Dramata just says, what if Tom Nook just actually had your credit card information? Hey, maybe this is the game where they finally cast Tom Nook as the true villain that he is. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, look, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna charge this. Okay. Tom Nook goes into politics. Yeah. It's just, just gonna fund my, you're gonna fund my campaign. Is that cool? All right, let's try again. Okay. This person has reached out to me. Hello. Hello, caller. Go ahead. Where are you? What's your name? Where are you calling from? <laughs> Hello, my name is Caleb Downey. I am from Tampa, Florida. Hi, Caleb. What's on your mind? Today, my question is about uh, Need for Speed basically coming out to no hype. I believe it comes out November 10th. And while I think the Fast and Furious kind of spin is cool, but I just have... It's weird to me that there is no hype around this game at all. Yeah, uh, yeah, Caleb. Uh, thanks for your call. It's... um. It is a little weird. It, 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 at the same time, there's kind of nothing else coming out in this on this side of the driving fence, right? You've got Forza and Gran Turismo on the simulation side, and there used to be, you know, Ridge Racer, and uh, I mean, the, I guess the crew, you know, technically is in that same area, um, and the crew's out next year. Um, and there used to be a lot more driving games that were just like, hey, it's a driving game. Uh, and and that's changed. Like those games kind of stopped selling in a lot of cases and, and a lot of them went away. Uh, Need for Speed is kind of the, the last game standing in a lot of that stuff. So if you look at it that way, uh, there's not much to market because there's not much competition. But at the same time, like just building awareness that like this game exists at all probably matters. Um, and maybe that's something they'll start once the game is out there because they'll be marketing it to like a more mass market audience, right? It's, it's a driving game. It's, you know, kind of a fast and furious themed thing. I mean, just the name need for speed carries a lot of weight still. I think even with no, not having a great game recently, it's still like one of the core racing 
game genre. So, so maybe that's a case where they they really don't start spending the money on that until the game's out because they then they can say you just saw this ad, walk into a store and buy it. Yeah, done. Um, and 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 I think that that might be part of it. Uh, at the same time, I don't know. They they um they have not shown off a ton of it. I'm trying to think. Like they showed that bit at E3, uh, you know, for or, or during E3, they didn't really show it at E3 because EA is not really at E3. Um, so I guess the game did show up in one of the booths, like Microsoft booth, I think had it, but the the show floor was so packed, I never got to actually see it. Um, and they had an event where they were showing the game off to the press relatively recently, or maybe it's it's maybe it might be even be this week, I don't know, but it just the timing of it didn't make sense uh, because the game's out so soon. Like we're gonna get it in house and and put it through its paces pretty soon here, like producing a separate video that has all these restrictions and and go somewhere else to record it and record it and you know and and not do our thing with it didn't seem like a great use of our time. So we ended up passing on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if there is some coverage hitting or has hit or something like that um, recently, but yeah, it, it was the first I had heard about need for speed in months. And yeah, it's easy to forget that it's, that it's out. I keep having to re- remind myself and I've, I've done it enough times now that I go like, Oh, like it, it is, it is one of the games coming out this year. It is still, it is still due out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel like there's a ton of excitement around it. The stuff at E3, I think, looked neat, but I, I don't know that it necessarily like scratched the itch, really, or, or really was was what I was looking for. So I'm, I'm not too, I'm not too sure about it. We'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I hope it's good. I, I would like. Yeah, to, I, I would love for. Yeah, I, I, I'll definitely. I've never been into the. Um, like uh sim racer games i've never played gt or, or um forza really but i love me a, a more arcadey driving game and I, it's a shame that there hasn't been outside of the uh horizon yeah games there really hasn't been a good one since like blur right yeah like horizon is is for all intents and purposes it's kind of a need for speed game yeah. you know like like you can tune the simulation aspect of it to make it drive a a little a little more hardcore than need for speed gets you know it's not just like boost around turns and all that bullshit um but in terms of structure and layout and stuff like that like the things you're doing are not that different from what the last few open world need for speed games kind of had you doing so, totally so yeah it's not it's not too far off um uh let's see oh uh so Here's a question from Nico Loss. I'll give some background on this. So the Crystal Dynamics Twitter account posted a uh, Legacy of Kane or like a Soul Reaver Kane image. Oh. Just kind of apropos just of nothing. Just kind of no like, context? hey, check this out. Uh, and the the wonder, you know, you're left wondering like, is that, what are they, are they teasing something? Or is it because it it's Halloween and that's a creepy looking dude? Uh, what's what's the deal there? Uh, Nicholas says, does the timing of the Legacy of Kane tease strike you as a tacit job offer to Amy Hennig, or is it just a coincidence that they teased it right after Visceral was shut down? I had not considered that it might be tied into that. I yeah. I don't really know. I don't know what they're trying to get out of that stuff. I think you know teasing stuff or or posting stuff like that if you don't have a plan to do it is is just shitty. It's like you're riling up a segment of your fan base that really wants a thing um, that you then have no intention of doing. Uh, so, so I think, uh, you know, it, it can create a lot of situations where it's like, are you, are you trying to get that hype started so that you can do it? Is crystal dynamics trying to hype it up so that square can a green light a legacy of Kane game. It was always, it was like the weird thing with like, um, like some of the crash bandicoot stuff, 
like wearing Crash Bandicoot t-shirts on stage and Vib Ribbon t-shirts on stage and stuff and then having to, uh, you know, get all that stuff going. I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. You got anything over there? Yeah. Um, how about this one that just came in? Hopefully this person is ready to take a call. And hello. 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 What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, hey I'm Bart from Toronto. Hey, Bart. What's uh, what's on your mind this week? Yeah, I'm just uh, thinking about Capcom lately. Like, the company is, like, so weird to me. Yeah. Um, Like, uh, you know, with Marvel vs. Capcom not really selling well, like, they're selling DLC that was probably supposed to be in the full game. I'm not, like, assuming anything, but it kind of seems that way. Um, with like Monster Hunter World coming out and like you know Street Fighter Five selling under expectations, RE Seven selling well, but like it took a while for it to <laughs> meet their expectations. Yeah. Do you think Capcom? What's the next move for Capcom? Are they really in trouble? Like, what can they do to reach their glory days again? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that you know, uh, there's a lot of like block and tackle stuff with their existing kind of fan favorite, like the things they own. If they just made good new ga- new new games in those lines, uh, they could get at it, right? Thank thanks uh, for your call. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's you know you want to say like, oh, just make a Mega Man game and 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 that'll be fine. But like you know, the, the, I think the question becomes for a lot of these franchises that Capcom uh, is known for are older franchises in in a lot of cases. So. To make a new Mega Man game, first you have to find someone at the company who wants to be the person that gets Mega Man hung on them. You have to be the person who's excited about Mega Man and, and making it happen again. Um, and sometimes that can be hard because you're, you know, if you fuck it up, you're out of the company. You're done. You know, you're, 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 you fucked up Mega Man. There's no coming back from that at a company like Capcom these days. Um, so if you don't have the passion for that out of the gate, you're not going to do it. You're not going to be like trying to position a new Mega Man game. So I get why stuff like that doesn't happen. Um, and I think Street Fighter and stuff like that, like, you know, like fighting games were in a bigger lull some time ago. Uh, and Street Fighter 4, I think, in a lot of ways kind of brought them back to the forefront. You know, got got people who didn't care about fighting games caring about fighting games again. Got people watching Evo. Like you can trace a lot of the current fighting game stuff totally back to street fighter four you know kind of bringing people back to it um and that was a long time ago uh and they've done you know they've done marvel stuff since then um and you know like it's been popular it hasn't been popular infinite doesn't seem like it's catching on five seems like it's experienced a lot of issues so i think you know they're fighting stuff that you used to be able to look at as like um I was going to say unassailable, but it is assailable. It's just, you know, like a, a pillar of that company. Like, I feel like that stuff has been off off kilter and 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 not hitting the way it needs to hit for years now uh, on, on the fighting side. Um, and so really, at some point, like it's Monster Hunter, right? I remember I went to an event that Capcom had when they were announcing RE6 and they were talking about. Uh, re6 is like this big kind of like reset for the franchise like hey you know five came out it was great it was kind of a different thing um but six and it was like it was like some new new blood in there or people that had been with the company for a long time but hadn't necessarily made um you know resident evil games at that level before and and you know i 
had dinner near them at an event that you know that, that they they put on during the thing and was just talking to them about it through a translator and, and they seemed excited to kind of put their own spin on re and to kind of bring it back to its roots but also be able to kind of do their own thing and, and re6 came out and you know I, I don't know that it really accomplished that task like i no. like it was not super well received uh and now you see seven as like a true reimagining of a lot of those ideas in a, in a much more bold fashion it worked out for him yeah i think that worked out for him um but yeah i don't know i I, I, I did a little digging over here trying to find more concrete thing about the numbers of, of Marvel. And this article is claiming that it has sold 8,000 copies on PS4 in Japan. And Pokin Tournament DX has sold 53,000 copies. Yeah. In Japan. Yeah. That's, it's, that's it's, not a great comparison. It's ranking uh, number six on the September 2017 top 20 games all platforms. Is that for NPD for US? Yes. Yeah. It's just right behind Mario and Rabbids and above GTA 5. <laughs> so, yeah, not not the uh, not the release they were looking for. Three sold around 600,000 copies week one, yeah. this article is saying. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, even if you take into account digital sales and, and, and all that sort of stuff that NPD, I think, does actually contain digital now. Um, um, and it looks like I, I went to Steam Spy. And in the last two weeks, it had 21,000 unique players. Yeah. Uh, and you would presume anyone who bought it would have played it in the, that first two weeks. Yeah. You know, or I guess the game's out for three weeks now or a month? Close to a month. Okay. So maybe maybe there's some drop-off represented there. Um, I think Capcom is... I, I said this. I feel like I said this on something, but uh, Capcom is a company that uh, is a lot like Konami more than you think. Uh, they just don't necessarily have the external businesses the way Konami does, so they kind of have to stay in the games business and figure it out. Um, and I think Capcom has some challenges over there uh, from the sounds of things. There's just a lot going on. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know that Capcom can necessarily return to its glory days because I think of its glory days as being a really wild time when they were coming out with a ton of different games, although most of them were hitting on, you know, some cylinders, if not all cylinders. And, you know, the arcade days really is when I think about Capcom being Capcom. And so to get back to that, I, yeah, I just don't think the business is that anymore, but also like, you know, the business is, 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 has gone through transition and I just don't think Capcom is making that transition particularly well they've they've flirted with us-based development a couple of times and shut it down in dramatic fashion multiple times um and i feel like the games that you know they're trying to make games that are that are like having a global appeal and i think they're kind of messing some of that stuff up along the way we'll see what how monster hunter does you know like obviously yeah. like monster hunter can be huge in japan i think that's that's their it seems like that team's making an honest effort at trying to get the new audience and but also stay true to the core yeah uh, like that's going to begin to be their white whale on that one is and they've been trying for years whether it was the marketing team trying to find new ways to promote existing monster hunter games to western audiences and now this seems like a a step in the direction of actually kind of like impacting the game in a way that might make it appeal uh more widely um which which is probably the the right approach uh i think if they're ever going to get it this is going to be the time um but i also think that they're chasing something that I, i don't know that they'll ever get monster hunter be as popular here as it has been in japan 
Uh, I just don't think that's a. I don't just don't think it's a compatible thing. I agree uh, with the 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 type of game that is. They could overhaul the game to the point where it's fucking Destiny with monsters, I guess, and and maybe do it that way. But that's that's no one no one really wants that. <laughs> um. So I yeah, I I think Capcom's in a really really tough spot in a lot of ways, and uh, we'll see we'll see how they do. Um. Staple Gun wants to know what are these things on the wall? Are they speakers? No, they're uh, it's, uh buff buffering. Yeah, they're, they're baffling. Baffling. It's noise dampening to, to to keep bounce to take some of the echo down in the room. Um, to make it. We more, just really love uh, Black Flag. Yeah, we're just big big Black Flag fans, <laughs> but not big enough to look at the shirt and figure out how to like no. set it up exactly that, right. That wall's almost right. Yeah, yeah. This wall you can't see is uh, is almost correct. Nope, no camera on that one. Yeah. Um, you want to take another call? Yeah, let's take another call. All right. I'm going to go ahead and dial up our next perspective caller. <coughs> Hello. Are you there? Yep, sure am. Hi. Hello. Hi. We're going to turn you up a little bit here. What's your name? Where are you calling from? All right. Hey, this is uh, Derek. I'm calling from Eugene, Oregon here. Yeah, Eugene. What's up? Hey, man. I just had a question. Uh, Going through and kind of looking at, at the beginning of the last generation of consoles and everything, we saw a lot of, um, you know, environmental destruction, like the Geomod technologies, the way that stuff ran through Red Faction or, you know, Bad Company 2 being one of the greatest examples and even things like Fracture. And that really seems to have died down, even though we've had these kind of performance increases on console and PC. Uh, my question was, have you guys seen anything recently that has shown that that might be coming back to any degree whatsoever or if we kind of think that maybe it's something that's dead on the vine and just not worth the investment in in the technology to really make it worthwhile yeah that's that seemed like that was gonna be the thing right hopefully yeah Yeah. uh (laughs) it definitely like there were games coming out and it got better and better and you're like man i want to see more stuff like this but i think uh what you had happened there uh and, and and you know you, you you tell me if I'm wrong, but like like I guess like well maybe if you know the the impression I always got was that that stuff was a little bit easier to do if the art was a certain way. So you know as the game started looking better as we started moving forward, like they pushed the technology into that area that then made it harder to break it apart in a believable fashion. Like what's the last game that you can think of that did this at all? Yeah, you know, I mean, to a limited degree, maybe BF3 or BF4. Sure, yeah. Like, they, they would do some of that stuff, but a lot of that even seemed canned, right? Where it was like, hey, here's, you know, th- this building does this thing at this point in the match, or you can trigger it or whatever, but the the Levolution or whatever was it was kind of, like, not identical, but it was at least sort of canned, wasn't it? Yeah, there was, well, I mean, there was kind of that cheesiness to it, of, especially in BF4, running around to the maps and, and popping those places. Right. I guess I, I just always figured that it would be kind of the way we saw the scripting and everything in Half-Life 2 and the way that that was so revolutionary and then kind of became a standard and everything. Yeah. You know, it's, and with standardized engines now, it almost seems like we could be building some type of back-end technology, you know, something like a Havoc, but for destructible environments that really allows us to to move forward and and maybe have that extra element of realism unless maybe we're just not there yet. You know, like you're saying, if we're trying to tear down that huge amount of textures or if we have, right. you know, these 
giant shaders and everything. That yeah, I think the, the thing that they, you know, the, the that was one of the things they said about Rainbow Six Siege. You know, if you think about it, that's, yes. that's, it's, it's doing that, but it's doing it on a much smaller scale. And then that was how they got away with it is like, hey, we can bring this level of destructibility to this environment because it's so small. Uh, yeah. And they can they can blow it apart in a lot of different ways because they've they've constrained the overall size of it. Um, you know, they don't have to worry about cases where like, hey, you're blowing a hole all the way through the map and then suddenly you have to render this huge distance that we didn't intend for and the inside versus outside aspects of of that sort of stuff. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't I'm not well versed enough in, in the tech end to say for sure. But but looking at what they it's talking to them about Rainbow Six Siege before it was out and, and, and what they said about the destructibility there and and maintaining frame rates versus all that other stuff like. Uh, that was one of the things. The other thing is Crackdown 3. Uh, you know, that was supposed to be destruction on a wide scale, but also synced across, across clients. If you think about it, a lot of that destructibility uh, happens client side, so everyone sees something slightly different. And Crackdown 3's yeah. whole, like, cloud-based destruction stuff was supposed to be designed in a way that, like, you could then play with the, the blown-up pieces because those were going to be synced across clients as well. Um, and I think that's maybe where it was, some of it fell apart is like, oh, you know, like, yeah, we can do the destructibility, but actually keeping all these chunks lined up across all these clients in a multiplayer game, maybe not uh, the easiest thing to do. Yeah, I wonder if that's it, too. You might you might be onto something that that push towards open world and multiplayer is maybe something that's going to limit that because, you know, just rendering on that scale, we're not just there yet. Yeah, I personally, I hope we can see like another red faction that kind of does some of that stuff. I think that would be that would be pretty cool. Yeah, we can only hope. Yeah. Awesome, cool. Well, thanks for the answer, man. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for the call. Yep, bye. Okay. Blowing shit up is fun, as it turns yeah. out, in video games. Like, when you when you can really tear something apart and, and really like, break it down. Especially if you're, like, putting a hammer through it. Yeah. Well, like, there's something rewarding to just, like, sure, shooting, like, a missile into a building and watching it explode is, is yeah. fine. But, like, that feeling of... That of, up close, like... Yeah. Like, hey, I did this thing to this building and now it is impacted. Like, yeah, that stuff can be can be cool. Um, that was that that game Brad was playing uh, on Friday, that like God game. Uh, oh, right, yeah. Had, had uh, that looked ton. good. Yeah. The like the way buildings were like moving like butter, kind of when he was going right. through them was yeah, real satisfying. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, Sergeant Killing Killings Killsington Killsington. Yeah. Says regarding Red Faction Guerrilla, one problem the devs had was they uh, they said they needed proper structural engineering on their buildings for them to stand up in the engine without collapsing. More realistic game physics means uh, more realistic designs are required. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and then Bison Hero says, "Are you still playing Heat Signature? Uh, what are your final thoughts on it?" Yeah, I'm, I'm still playing a little bit of, of Heat Signature. I I like it. I think it's clunky in a way that makes sense. Like that game kind of has to be clunky to achieve the the stuff it's going for. Um, and I like the, like, I guess, what is it? Is it the liberation missions or the, the defector missions where they kind of have a preset loadout that you go in with that require you to think about tasks in different ways. Like I've, I've gotten a lot better at the core game, uh, because, um, because I've done missions where it's like, Hey, all you have is a teleporter and a glitch trap. Can you find ways to, uh, use those two items to extract this person from this ship and, and all that sort of stuff. It's been been pretty fun um yeah I'm, I'm i'm liking it uh how are you doing down there like personally yeah uh i'm 
I feel maybe like I'm getting a little sick. It right. could be allergies. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Well timed. Uh, could all could be sick. allergies. Yeah. Uh, but I, I took a Zyrtec and uh-huh. I still feel like, you know, a little sneezy, a little eye watery. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to drink a lot of vitamin C tonight. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, uh, do you want to take a phone call? Yeah, if you got Speaking one. Of good if you, calls, if you got good calls. <laughs> let's take some good calls here. Oh, uh, we have fun at Giant right. Bomb. I'm going to walk over there and high five you. Hi. Hello. Hi, this is Alex. Hey, Alex, where are you calling from? Uh, Weymouth, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, nice. Uh, what's on your mind? Um, so with lawbreakers recently, just like flopping right out of the gate. Yeah. I've been thinking of other games that maybe I didn't think were going to flop that bad. Uh, like for me, I put all my eggs in the EverQuest two basket. I was convinced that WoW was going to be for kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, wrong. No. Yeah. This uh, turns out. Can you can you think of any other games that you thought were going to be like relatively big and just nope? Huh. Relatively big. I mean, I I feel like I can think of the other end of it where there were games that I thought like weren't gonna do anything, but then did. Um, I mean, that's interesting, too. Yeah, but I, I would actually, I mean, we've been talking about it a little bit recently, but Black uh, seemed like a game that, uh, like, would have caught on and done, you know, like, like they would have made sequels to games like Black, um, where, you know, hey, here's this, like, military first-person shooter, like, it's got this very cool vibe, um, like, the gameplay, like, it had some problems and all this other stuff, but it still seemed like, you know, there was a reaction to it, Um like people seem to like it more than I did, and then I thought that that would lead to them making more uh, like a black two. And it sounds like at one point they did talk about making black two, but but it never never actually came to pass. Um, hmm. I'm trying to. Think I kind of thought others. Heroes of the Storm was going to be a bigger deal than it was. Yeah. Um, I I you know it was a as a MOBA kind of late to the MOBA game, but it had the IP power behind it. They they had like the ability to cross to stuff like play hots and get an Overwatch skin and stuff yeah. like that, but it really doesn't seem to take off ever. Like it's still somewhat popular. I know it still has a somewhat of an active yeah, player yeah. base, but it really didn't blow up to be like the third big MOBA like I thought it would. Yeah, and there I was uh, kind of thinking Battleborn would do that until I played it. <laughs> yeah, I was actually about to say like there are also cases where there are games where like you think they're not going to catch on and then they don't and Battleborn was definitely one of those like playing that game pre-release. I was like that this is this doesn't seem like a game anyone wants. Like first time I laid eyes on it, first time I sat down to play it, it was like what like am I crazy here? Like no, right? This is this is this is not what I want from like not only from the like developers of borderlands but like further than that this is not something people are going to want uh i was pretty big into smite so i went to the ign battleborn release party mm. really excited for it at like how was that yeah at pax what was that party uh, like glasses that said badass on them i remember seeing those around not yeah. badass yeah um the, and then the game was just bad just just not fun at all not ass just bad uh no it was ass it was ass yeah it was it was bad also ass yeah uh, that's yeah uh yeah i think you run into cases like that where where you look at it and you can kind of go yeah this doesn't there's also like individual features in games like we talk about uh the middle earth stuff a lot about the nemesis system and and i'm still surprised that more games haven't tried to do 
more with that sort of thing. A good one from the chat here is StarCraft 2. That one really did not like take... I, people enjoyed the campaigns, but the competitive scene for that game was almost non-existent. Oh, I don't know. It, I mean, they, they like Blizzard was pumping money into it and it was happening, right? I mean, they, they kind of tricked all the Korean players into the, for, they forced them into StarCraft 2. Yeah, it was, well, for short term, yeah, yeah, for sure. But then it like really fizzled out hard. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. Uh, that was something that even, even when the early esports experience around it seemed to make you think like, oh, this is going to be a big deal for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, it did. It did kind of dry up. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Thanks for your call. Yeah. Thanks a lot for your call. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Alfredo Alvaro here says, "Care to comment on the news that the physical copy of Destiny 2 for PC comes with no CD, just a cardboard cutout of a CD with the code on it?" <laughs> I'm all for it not coming with an actual CD, but the fact that they put a fake CD in there, yeah, makes it worse. Yeah, it, it is. Looking at this, it looks like a paper. Uh, this is someone from uh, Game Informer on Twitter posting a piece of paper that in a vague CD shape that has a game key on it. Uh, this is yeah. This is also not the first time that a physical copy of a game has not had a disc in it, or or in some cases, it's like it. Yeah, it's got a disc, but it's really you still have to activate it on Steam. Yeah. It it is basically uh, nothing. I you know like like we were saying during the podcast this week, um, you know, uh, Destiny is a server based game that you know will run its course and theoretically get shut down someday. And uh, the idea of physical discs for that, like you're not you're not really preserving anything at that point because what's the physical disc going to really get you? Um, other than the launch day data, which maybe you can reverse engineer someday and run your private server and all that sort of stuff. Who knows? You know, like someday people could be playing destiny two decades from now or something weird like that. But, but yeah, uh, I just want to say real quick, uh, I'm getting a, f- a fair amount of good questions that we have talked about recently on either the bombcast or the after show. So if I'm not choosing y'all's questions, like, it doesn't necessarily mean they're not good. Uh, it's just stuff that we have covered. A lot, a lot of questions about like loot boxes and yeah. and stuff like that that we've gotten into recently. Uh, that's like the only reason. Yeah, I mean the the loot box conversation I think is is something that is is not going away and and there's a lot to it, you know. And I think people are right to be concerned. Um, but I also think that there are people that are are going too far in this like not even like a boycott mentality, like it's past that. And like, this is ruining this game. And and I think the number of games that are being ruined by loot boxes is probably very small. If any, it's just, it's been enough that it's like a warning signal. Yeah. You don't, you hope other, this has been the year that they've, they've pushed it too far. Yeah. Uh, It's not necessarily into the point where you're like, okay, they have, they have fucked up this stuff beyond repair. This is broken now. Um, but it, this is the year where you see them pushing on it in a way that is uh, not okay. They've gone too far. Unfortunately, I also don't think that that means that it'll go away next year. Yeah. Um, this is a transition that this is a trend that is just you know has been going for a while that is that is still picking up steam in a lot of ways. You know, like like companies are making a lot of money on those loot boxes, and it- until that changes, you will only see more of them, not less. This is the second person I've seen bring this up, but apparently Twitch has loot boxes for emotes. Have you heard about that? No, but 
of course they do. I, you know, I don't know that that's, I don't, that, that's yeah. Temporary emotes. This is an article on temporary Kotaku, emotes, which has introduced loot crates for Halloween, which offer temporary emotes. The crates offer random rewards as well as a permanent reward for collecting the whole set. Wow. So they've done like almost like a Halloween event, like like you know an MMO would or something. Yeah. And if you get them all, you get a, a permanent. Do you have to pay for them? That's the question. Is uh, how do you get them? I'm I'm looking here. Uh, yeah, they cost two hundred and fifty bits. If a, if a viewer tips two hundred and fifty bits to a streamer, they receive a loot crate. So free, technically, but only. But very technically. Yeah. Extremely technically. Wow. Huh. Uh, Point Click Boom says Battlefront 2 may be the first game to be ruined by loot crates. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, did you hear the news that the WWE invested in Cloud9 esports? This happened yesterday. What was that? Cloud9 is an esports company. Yeah, what about them? Uh, WWE invested in them. Oh. Along with Hunter Pence, the baseball player. Oh, yeah. Hunter Pence is in a couple... Uh, he's a big gamer. Yeah, they did a round of funding, and WWE is in there. And huh. I can only hope that eventually we get some proper esports entertainment. C9's a pretty big one. They they have a lot of rather expensive and well performing teams. I think they have like the best NA league team. Um, mm. And I know like the Yankees have teamed up with uh, uh, Echo Fox recently. Okay, yeah. Um, so it seems like more and more legitimate sponsors are getting in. I'm just really curious to see if it works out for them, like if they end up getting return on that investment, what do the sponsors get out of it? Or, or, you know, these investments, like, like what is the long term? Yeah. You know, as, especially as, as some of these games maybe transition out over time or replaced, like, does that upset everything? I guess, well, whatever, like they feel the league team or they don't, they feel the, like, was it Steve Aoki disbanded his overwatch team because they didn't make the, the league, the league cut or whatever it was. Like just, Every single esports business thing I read just sounds like the craziest, like most like fifty to seventy five percent scam ass thing ever. Where I just look at it and go like, "That's not real." I read it. It's like it's. Re- I know it's really happening, but that's none but of this is. It doesn't matter. That's like paper money. It's like it's like bit. It's like early Bitcoin. Like none of this is real. It's like Twitch bits. Yeah. Uh, I read a, a really really good um, release by I can't remember what what company it was, but they held it Smash Four player. Uh, and they were just like, yeah, he hasn't been winning lately. And the scenes, got, it's we understand it's really hard to be a top player, but we're all about honesty and we're just letting him go because he's not good. <laughs> and I thought that was like a really interesting press release to put out. It's just like, hey, we like him. He's a great guy, but he wasn't winning. So sorry. I mean, that's, you know, like actual sports yeah. will cut players for performance reasons all so the time. So that's what I read is yeah. the, the, owner or one of the major investors was came from sports and so he's very much just like yeah we're gonna be public about this yeah like that's that's how it goes right i don't know yeah um let's see if i got anything over here take a couple more here uh don cabeza says i had a friend who thought drawn to death would be the next overwatch oh man that is Hey, did Drawn to Death come out? It did. Okay. It did. All right. Yeah. Uh, did not hear much about it. No. Post-release. Like, we covered it, and it was uh, it, it was pretty bad. Uh, that one 
Just kind of came and went, huh? Yeah. It barely even came. Yeah. It mostly just went. Um, Caseman says, speaking of Blizzard games, Diablo 3 has basically no BlizzCon presence, making the player base think the game is basically dead. Ideally, Diablo 4 is in development, but what would that game even be at this point? Didn't they just release a big update to Diablo 3 or announce one? They put out a character class. Um, okay, yeah. You know, and that stuff. came with a little bit of stuff. Yeah, then they added some stuff around that. They're still doing their seasons stuff. But yeah, I mean, they, they don't necessarily have a ton of new announcements or whatever, right? Uh, so I, you know, that doesn't... Uh, doesn't surprise me, but yeah, ostensibly they're working on you know a whole new Diablo at this point. It's I think it's time. Um, I feel like some of their hiring has maybe indicated that there would be more Diablo, uh, to come. Uh, so yeah, uh, you would think that maybe they would have a Diablo four to announce. Probably not this year, but 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 maybe next or something like that. What would what would a Diablo four be at this point? Overwatch. Overwatch, yeah. Uh, Guild Class Wars shooter. Guild Wars One. Uh, uh, I mean, with Path of Exile out, like that proves that there's still a lot of people who would play yeah. a Diablo. I wonder if they go back to more of a Diablo Two type experience. I could see them going more in the direction of social spaces. Um, which that game doesn't necessarily have like, you know, you invite people to your game and, and, and kick them out and, and that sort of stuff. But like encountering other player characters out in these open zones and stuff like that. I think that was something I was like, I'm always a little surprised that games that have online requirements don't like take advantage of that stuff a little bit better. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would think that maybe that would be something that you could you could get into is you know finding new ways to get players to team up because uh, I you know when I played Diablo three it was mostly just like I would jump in public games and we would run some quests or, or run some you know whatever the 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 challenge system the the post game kind of adventure mode stuff is or whatever um, maybe run a rift and then you know just kind of disconnect no need to um, communicate with the other player or anything like that just jump in there do some shit and go and and that was fun but i think you know maybe some more ways to kind of get players together um and and you know like I, i'm sure that there is a a diablo-esque game like this type of action rpg that does this but like you know something that was like hey we've got public quests we've got you know you're gonna encounter other human players or other other player characters out in the wild doing right. stuff um yeah it'd be cool like if they had a journey like uh, multiplayer element or, or dark souls like multiplayer element that that could be really cool where you yeah. just kind of like find people out in the world and you can like part quest up with them or something and you know develop a like relationship with them and then yeah. you know trade with them or something if you make it back to a base camp after beating a mission right yeah i, I think that sort of stuff uh could be could be cool yeah i don't know um let's see here uh, what do you make of Rockstar? This is from uh, Larmer. What do you make of Rockstar saying GTA Five single player expansion was not possible or necessary? How is it not possible? Uh, I think I, I didn't actually read into the stuff too deeply. I, I saw this going around this morning, and I, I, I want to say it was like, "Hey, GTA Five was so large, there were already three player characters, all this other stuff. It was kind of telling three stories in one." 
uh and and as a result of the way that game was built and all this other stuff like we just didn't need or couldn't really do it in the way we normally did it it'd be pretty funny if they added like a fourth character and they just show you a bunch of cutscenes where he's like in the background yeah. of the original three characters <laughs> right. meeting just like the whole time yeah it's jerry jerry's been there the whole time he's, hi i'm jerry hey jerry he's hey. he's from australia i stole a car this is my australia <laughs> how did accent. you drive here I, just, I stole a car but australia is an island i drove on a lot of series of boats <laughs> oh it's classic jerry yeah Jerry the boat driver. That's what they call me. <laughs> Not that I drive boats. That's no. a, that's a boat captain. That's yeah, a that's a thing. captain. A driver yeah. is somebody who drives. I drive on the boat. On the boat. Yeah. They put a track. They put a track on the boat. Uh, it's an electric car, so it doesn't use a lot of the gasoline. There's one point where there's like two boats and they're not exactly touching, and you had to kind of jump. Yeah, I had to I jump from that. one boat to another. We did it out in the middle of uh, international waters because oh, it was you know yeah. it was a whole thing. We just just did. You it don't want to break the laws about jumping. No, over. boat jumping is boat highly jumping. illegal in most civilized nations uh, these days. They don't allow it, so I had to get out there and jump from one boat to the other. Evil can evil. They style. don't want you hitting any dolphins. Yeah, this is what I wanted to do. This was my legacy. My my evil can evil legacy ties all back into. Uh, my boat driving. Uh, can I and can dare, I pitch you something? Devil boat driving. Uh, yes, let's hear it. As yes. somebody from Australia, what about Weevil Knievel? Weevil Knievel. I think that's a great name. Yeah. Unfortunately, Weevil Knievel. There's a band. Uh, oh, there's a band sure. there. This name Weevil Knievel. Sure, that makes sense. They took the name. You know. Yeah. It's like a thrash, like well, a thrash ska punk kind of thing. It's like very Los Angeles in via Australia kind of thing. My partner told me about a band they were going to go see called Burner Herzog, which I thought was pretty good. It's a pretty good name. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jerry. Uh, can't wait to play your, your single-player thing. No, I get I get not having a big expansion. For, that game did feel like a pretty wide story, like a pretty yeah. well-fleshed-out. Yeah, it was, it, was like, a, you know, it was a huge story. Yeah. Um, it, it felt like it concluded. Um, I, yeah, and also, like, they were between the way that story went and also the, the GTA Online stuff, like, yeah, I, I get why they wouldn't do single-player stuff. I, I, don't, I didn't feel like that game necessarily needed it. Um, but also, like, I, I was not a huge fan of the GTA 4 DLC. So, so of course, I would say that. Um, let's see here. Uh, you got anything over there for me? Or should we wrap up with uh, some of this stuff? Uh, let's let's take this last question here. Okay. Um, let's, I feel like we get some good juice out of this mm. question of an orange. Hello? Hi. Hello. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Eric from uh, L.A. Hi, Eric. Uh, what's uh, what's going on? What's on your mind? Uh, I was just wondering with uh, talk about stuff like Visceral Star Wars game being, you know, shuttered and Lego Dimensions and MVCI. Just wondering if, like, big IPs just don't matter anymore. Hmm. Well, I mean, like, you mean, like, external to games? Like, like kind of like license type stuff? Right, because... You know, they don't seem to be bringing the audiences that these you know, publishers or developers are expecting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that there there may be something to that. I mean, you know, you think about what licensed games used to be on consoles. Uh, you know, it was a huge business. Um, but a lot of that stuff went to phones. You know, you think about the licensed games that show up on phones now, the Marvel Puzzle Quests of the world and wwe tap mania you know the only mobile games that uh uh but you know like, like there's so many licensed properties that just go into uh mobile whether they're based on movies or sometimes even based on console games and stuff like that but but really 
it feels like a lot of that stuff just found its home or, you know, like, like if they're looking for a mainstream audience, they should make a phone game because it can be a free to play ad based thing, uh, that reaches the, you know, however many trillions of people have phones. Um, and, and so that kind of freed it up, I think a little bit extra, uh, than it already was happening from, from, you know, consoles and stuff like, you know, EA was going to make that Superman game at one point and, you know, all that stuff just kind of dried up. Um, and people walked away from, Hey, let's, let's make a movie tie in game that has to ship the week the movie comes out and, and all this other stuff because now they can just make mobile stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think maybe there's some of that where, where console and, and to, and to an extent PC gaming is maybe a little less reliant on licensed games because bad licensed games kind of sullied the waters and, and people kind of wised up and, and got away from that stuff. Um, but yeah, they just they kind of don't really exist much anymore uh, outside of of mobile, um, and and I think that that's where a lot of that stuff went. Right, it's kind of a weird situation to be in when like you know Marvel in- Infinite is just like you know not hitting at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That thing's not hitting, and you know, like, and with like, the, especially that Marvel is like bigger than ever with the movies. Like there, there more people are cognizant and interest. Right interested in the ips of like doctor strange and stuff than yeah ever before i I think but i think a lot of it ended up being you know it's just kind of a bad business deal for game publishers in a lot of cases where they have to do all the work they have to do the same amount of work that they do uh or or cut the budget and do less um but you know they have to do a lot of work to make a game and then have to cut in a publisher or, or the the ip holder for that thing uh, in a way that might make it not make sense for them. That was the thing when the Toys to Life stuff took off and you started hearing everyone going like, oh man, I can't wait for them to do a Transformers Toys to Life. I can't wait for them to do this license, this license, WWE Toys to Life. Of course it's going to happen. Naturally, the the thing I always heard from people like uh, Michael Pactor and stuff like that that, you know, that, that stare at those numbers are, are just this idea of like, hey, you know, when you cut in that many different rights holders uh, for the figure manufacturers, for the, the the IP holders, all that other stuff. Like, there's not much money left to, to make the game, let alone to make a profit on the game. Um, so it may be that just you know publishers got a little bit uh, more cognizant of their bottom line and were just like, hey, this is these are bad investments that like, they don't pan out for us. So we're going to step away from it. Like the Star Wars thing, EA had to have EA pitched to get the Star Wars thing. Um, it was a huge, huge pitch where they were taking internal pitches uh from every single team at ea was trying racking their brains trying to come up with like star wars games regardless of what they made uh there were just tons of different studios that were like oh we would love to attach our name to the star wars thing because it means we won't get shut down or laid off visceral maybe prove that that's not the case Uh, but at the time that was kind of how that stuff was was i think being seen internally uh, was hey let let's let's get a Star Wars thing going because if we're gonna make this pitch and get this license we're gonna need X number of games per year just to fulfill the terms of the license uh, and and we'll have to go from there and and that seems like a bad way to make games <laughs> but uh, yeah I don't know I, I think licensed games are uh, being being dead or, be, or being relegated to mobile I think makes a lot of sense and 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 I don't really miss that stuff even even if there are a few cases that seem like they'd be like these kind of slam dunk situations like why isn't there a Thor game or or that Captain America game that's always been like plenty all right. of shitty licensed games like we can't forget that like Marvel Nemesis Rise of the Imperfects comes it's to mind it's a great game no it's, it's one, not great. the worst video game I ever bought oh, yeah. at full price hmm now I want to I see that. I haven't seen it in a really long time. 
Um, WWE is a great example of a licensed game that sucks completely and unequivocal, like just just unabashed suck assness all through running through that game. Uh, like buggy and broken every year, sometimes in the same ways. That's how little gets done to that thing. Sometimes it's it's mind boggling. Uh, for a company this big as WWE to not be paying closer attention to the quality of their licensed product. But I guess at the end of the day, they cash the checks and, and people buy it and it doesn't cost them as much money if they don't spend a lot of money making it, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for your call. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's going to do it for us here. Ben? Yeah. Yeah. I had fun. I learned a lot. That's... And I feel like the audience also learned a lot. Well, great. That's always the hope. And I, I enjoy talking to people, getting them on the phone, hearing their beautiful voices or seeing their beautiful text in the chat here. Uh, so thanks for everyone who hung out after the show to, uh, to, to check us out. Um, I think this will be the week that we break this out into its own feed. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which means we need to lock down a name for that feed. Yes. Party City Zone. Party City is a... Unless we work out that sponsorship deal. Okay. Oedo Cyber City zero zero, but uh, but a podcast. Burning fist. Yeah. Two punch. Man, what do we need like a what's a popular anime we can name it after? My podcast academia. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. Let's just do that, and we're gonna rake in the hits. So many downloads on this podcast. You're gonna hear about. So many wonderful products that are sponsoring this podcast because it's going to be so big. It's going to make so much dollars. That's right. Jeff, which which uh, hero child would you say you relate to most? Which hero child? Yeah. Uh, like a like a, like Kenny. Kenny? Yeah. Yeah, he's, his quirk is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, he's probably my favorite of the, of the Star Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to do it for us here this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Bombcast will be back next week. We'll be back next week. And next week, we'll be on the other end of three big releases. So there'll be uh, a whole lot to talk about with uh, with that stuff, I'm sure. Uh, I'm excited to see that stuff. I have not played any of the three Friday games. Yeah. So I... Uh, I'm really excited about two of them. Yeah. Which two? I've uh, never been an Assassin's Creed guy. Yeah. So... I have been an Assassin's Creed guy, which is why i'm maybe with you on some of that stuff but they're they're making more dramatic changes to this one yeah i actually i played it at that xbox event and it was pretty fun yeah. so maybe it's an eventual yeah surely not until 2018 assassin's creed did enough like has been uneven enough lately to where i am happy to wait it out and hear that it's good and then check it out after release so a week later or something yeah. uh for that one all right thanks everybody for listening bye bye